Hi, and welcome to Rescuing Churches. If you love pastoral life, ministry, and church revitalization, this is a great place to join the discussion about why the local church matters, how we can help the ones that are in decline, and be an encouragement to their pastors along the way. We'll even get to hear stories from special guests about what God is doing in the church at large. This show is hosted by two guys who serve the local church and is for everyone within the local church. Thanks for tuning in today. Let's go. All right, hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Rescuing Churches, where it's always a great adventure, discussing church revitalization and pastoral life. Learn more at 614ministries.org. You said that so well. I did say that so well. Yes. I must do this for a living. You might actually have practiced. I've probably practiced this a few times. I might have majored in this I think we're coming up on episode number 100 real soon here. Something like that. Getting close. I'm losing count. Yeah, we need to count. Who am I kidding? I don't count. You have a party when we do 100. I don't keep up with anything. Maybe I have a party. My name's Josh, and I don't count anything. <laughs> and my dad, Stan, is here. And we are also joined, as always, by silent partner Mike. He's man in the knobs at Mission Control. And we're recording this on a Sunday afternoon. Yes. Which is our usual way to do things. We're in the conference room up here at Northside. Right. But it's not a normal Sunday because... You weren't here this That's morning. Right. That's right. I was at a, another local church that we're ministering to, having a great time of fellowship with a small church that's used to be large and struggles. And I would just like to say, as the pastor's kid, when the pastor isn't there and you have to check on things and handle things and make sure things go well with certain things, <laughs> some, sometimes that... Lots be, of little details got left out a bit. Well, there's little details that get left out, but it's it's just like you have to make sure that things go right or go smoothly and that the, that the other people who are in charge that you left in charge right. actually do what they're supposed to do. Correct. So that that's always fun. Smoothly would be the word, key word. And I would say the one thing that went the most awkward <laughs> yes. this morning was about the about the third song into the worship set i realized there's supposed to be an offering at some point during oh, the service the almighty offering and i'm like <laughs> thinking i don't who's really, gonna who's, who's gonna do that brian standing for there the offering, yeah, yeah and and i'm like who's gonna ush right and, right you know and and i'm i'm just kind of i'm kind of thinking through all this i'm just I was here this morning and saw the men come in, so I know we had some ushes. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the funny thing. Uh, <laughs> right. Your brother was here. Yeah, he's and, always an usher. And uh, and Brother Bill was here. Yes. And and, and about that and third brother, song. Brother John will ush anytime. Uh, right, right. He was here. About that third song in, Brian and I kind of make contact on that as I'm starting the third song. So he's getting ready to sing it, but at the same time saying, shouldn't we take an offering? <laughs> you know, and and, and then singing the first line of the song. And I'm kind of stopping the first line of the song. And I'm like, okay, time out. Wait, stop. And everybody's kind of laughing. And right, I'm like, right. we're, we're going to take an offering now. And so Bill and your brother Mark start coming down the thing. And I came this close 
the calling on your brother Mark to pray over the offer <laughs> right, right. instead of Bill. Right, right, I, right. I, I was already nervous enough, <laughs> yeah. so I was just going to pick a name. Sure, you know how sure. my brain works. Well, he's your uncle. Yeah, well, yeah. and I was just going to pick, pick a the uh, uncle. I was just going to pick, pick a the name. uncle. And I was like, but I don't know how that's going to go over. <clears> right. And thankfully, at the last second, I asked Bill, and he did a great job. There you go. Well, see, it all worked out. It all it all did work out, but your brother probably would have killed me afterwards. Yeah, that's very true. Very true. <laughs> Several people have already told me church here went fantastic. So, always good to hear that church is doing well and that that we can uh, survive when you're not here. Correct. <laughs> Correct. So, so today, never about me. Yeah, that's right. Or me, obviously. We want to continue through our uh, images of the church series. Um, this is going to be part three of that series. And this this part will wrap up the series, but we want to do a little bit of review first before we dive into um, into these last two. So we're going to we're going to go back, track back a little bit and talk about the ones we've already released episodes on. We've talked so far about the flock, the building, the body and the bride. So and we're and we're encouraging all our pastors that listen and lay leaders. Those images aren't just there for you know, entertainment value in your scriptures. Jesus means for us to meditate on those, dwell on those. Think about what it means to be a flock with a shepherd. Think about what it means to be a temple um, that's built for the glory of God with the living stones shaped together to bring glory to God. Think about what it means, you know, to, to, to be the, the bride of Christ. That's a really strong one. The body of Christ, really strong. So the, these images are very important. Absolutely. And uh, we'll drop all the links in the show notes to those previous episodes for you guys. If you want to go back and listen to those, um, there'll be a couple of episodes spaced in between these. Today, we want to look at two final images. The first one being the priesthood of believers, this idea that we're a holy priesthood and what that actually means. And we're also going to look at the idea that the local church is the family of God. And so that's kind of this notion that we're adopted into the family as sons and daughters. We have a couple of great worship songs that we sing about that. So my, right. my mind always goes to those. Um, we're actually heirs and we can call him daddy or Abba father. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so some really good stuff to unpack in there. So first let's tackle the priesthood image. How does that actually? So two more real up? beautiful images. Yeah. The priesthood being, being the fifth one that in our, Right. All six that we're covering. Exactly. And again, as a minister, we're asking you to reflect on that. First Peter two, um, verse five, um, we are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, the ruler of the kings on the earth to him who loves us, has freed us from our sins by his blood and made us a kingdom priest to his God, God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. So, I mean, it's real clear in that text that we're built up as a spiritual priesthood. Uh, we're, we're called out to be a spiritual priesthood. Hebrews thirteen fifteen. Uh, Through him, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That's the fruit of our lips that acknowledge his name. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Another picture of us offering sacrifices as a a collective group of saints unto the Lord. So I think the point in all of that that I would like to emphasize is that we're to function as a church, 
not just the ministers at the church, but everyone at the church is to function as a, a priest. In the Old Testament, the priests were very separated from worldly things. They kept their minds very purified. They kept their lives very purified. They, they were required continually to be in a process of cleansing and and repentance and purification. They were constantly trying to uh, be more and more physically, spiritually, and emotionally holy. So when they did get a chance to be in the temple itself as a servant of God, they were worthy of that. And to me, the call of priesthood of believers is that as that we should spend our life's energy serving the Lord and sacrificing for Him, but we should do it separated from worldly things. We need to protect ourselves. Let's let's take apart that idea because I, I I really I like that that whole concept of being separate from the world. It, it makes me think of the the whole uh, phraseology of um, in the world but not of the world. Correct. You know? So G- Jesus. On words from the right. high priestly prayer in John 17. Exactly. So you might, you might also throw in a little bit of John 15, 19 in here. Romans 12, 2 uh, can all help for clarity and context uh, for believers um, being, you know, in, in the world, physically in the world, obviously, but not being partakers in the things of the world. Um, like you're saying, as a body, as a priesthood of believers have to live separate lives. So uh, how does that practically work for us in the day-to-day? Yeah, and there are life? groups that get that all kind of twisted, very twisted. Right. Um, you know, there's there's a couple of very um, strong faith-based groups that would believe if you have chrome on your vehicle, you're worldly. Sure. So you can't have chrome anywhere because sure. that's a worldly thing. So they'll black out the chrome. Right. Um you know, they still use horse and buggies, that group. Right, right. Um, because worldliness looks like an automobile. Right. I don't think that's what because, Christ meant. Yeah. yeah. I don't think that's what Christ meant exactly. at all. Exactly. <clears throat> um, I, and by, by the way, I appreciate their lifestyle that's very simple. I appreciate them simplifying life and, and protecting their families from a whole lot of worldliness and sure, all kinds yeah. of stuff. You can so, find some good things there. Yeah. So not, not throwing any rocks at them. But I am saying when we're talking about being purified, it's not about um, what I wear or drive or have, although those can be things that are worldly, if it's the motive of it was for me to look better among my friends, if I'm doing it as an image thing. But the issue really becomes, is my heart before the Lord pure? What are the motives behind what I have and why I have it? And how am I using what I have for the kingdom of God and the glory of God? Am I using my stuff that I have for myself or am I using it for him? We referenced in our, um, a couple, two or three weeks ago in our Wednesday night uh, study on David that you and I are doing together. The whole, um, man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. Exactly. That's what God's exactly looking at. Exactly what's happening. And, yep. you know, Saul and David are perfect pictures of that. David, Saul's constantly trying to look good on before the, the people, yep. but on the inside, he's a very corrupt man. David, doesn't really care how he looks as long as he's following after God's heart and, exactly. and trying to be all God intends. So those are those are excellent points. But I think the picture of the New Testament church that we're priesthood of believers is, first of all, the priesthood were an exceptional group of religious men and and they could they knew what they believed. They studied. Uh, they worked hard. So all of us, every church member, the newest Christian to the to the oldest Christian. I met, you know, somebody today at the church where I ministered 
you know, that had been at that church for 62 years, wow. same church for 62 years, That's elderly awesome. man, and could tell me a lot of history, oh, some, some that I didn't want to hear tons about the church. But, but at the same time, I'm thinking in my head and I'm wondering, you know, in your 62 years here, how much have you spiritually grounded and grown? Yep. You know, or have you just been kind of coasting along? Because a lot of Christians just coast right. and they're not, they're not seeking the priesthood level that this picture calls us to. They're not seeking to be godly men that can minister. Mm. You know, if a church has five or six elders, three elders, um, that can really minister because they've grown up in their faith, they're strengthened in their faith, and they really would qualify as a Old Testament slash New Testament priest you know, to serve the Lord, right. man, that church is going to have very stable families when those men minister into those families. Well, and, it, and then it's going to have a ripple effect. It's exactly right. Which and it's the whole, it's, the whole point. it's the strengthening of the whole church when the yep. whole church becomes aware that we're supposed to be set apart from worldly things. We should not consume, mentally consume things that the world consumes. Right. You know, and I, and I just candidly, you know, you look at the statistics of, you know, what's the, what's everybody's favorite TV show that's out there now or, or series that's out there, yeah. Walking Dead or whatever it is. Yeah. And, you know, four-fifths of your church people can tell you every detail of that show. Oh, yeah. And what season we're in and what who what character's done what. But they can't name three of the 12 apostles. And right. I'm like, that's not set apart. <laughs> that's, right, right. that's sucked in. Yeah, you are yeah. sucked in. And you're living in, in the world system trying to keep up with, you know, the Kardashians or the Klingons or whoever. Right. Right. You know, and you're, and you're lost. Easy now on the Klingons. Yeah. You're lost in that. Right. Um, and, and yet you can't, you can't tell me, you know, the name of the three Hebrew children. You can't tell me their real names. They're, they're Jewish names or right. Hebrew names. Uh, you can tell me their names that are in the Christian oh, songs man. we sing about. Having all these pastors, get, speaking of being a pastor, having all these PK memories. And <laughs> yeah. But it's just so important that we see ourselves as set apart and as holy men and women of God. We're holy and we're coming to church to be holy, not to be worldly, but to be holy. Mm. Um, and we've got to protect that at some level. We have to separate ourselves um, and I think as pastors, you know, pastors should study these, the Hebrews 12 passage. What is a sweet sacrifice for your church unto the Lord? What, what sacrifices is your church making unto the Lord? Well, there's the sacrifice of praise. Sure. So ask yourself in our morning worship, were we mumbling words of his death on the cross? Were we mumbling phrases about Jesus paid it all? Yeah. Are we just going through the motions? Or I surrender all. Yeah. And we just singing a familiar song to a familiar tune, yep. and because the sound of it's familiar, it's what we do we every fe- week. We feel good, yeah. But nobody's really moved by that. Nobody's right. thinking those words out. That's not a sacrifice of praise. Right. That's just a routine, right? Yeah. And so, so the just, sacrifice of praise. Though, it's not to say anybody's got to dance up and down the aisle or do no, like no. That. But but and it you may should, not, you may not even know if somebody's moved in their heart. Yeah, but again, it should, should be sincere. It should be sincere. Should be sincere. Absolutely. Um, is there a sacrifice of thanksgiving? Is there an acknowledging of his name? You know, are we actually acknowledging Jesus' name and God's name right. in, the, in the center of everything we do? Um, are we doing good? This text says we should be doing good. Do not neglect to do good and share. So can can four people in your church of 15 or 40, can four people tell you something they shared this week with somebody 
um, that was to help them get through. They shared a, a vehicle, a ride. They shared, you know, computer. They shared something to help them get through the week for their whatever. We shared food with some people that had nothing. Oh, yeah. I mean, again, the sacrifice of praise and the, the priesthood should be making sure we're functioning as priest in the community. So Absolutely. it's a unique picture. I really like that picture a lot. Yeah, but it's it really takes some effort. Okay, well, it's a challenging picture for sure. Yeah, which again yeah. is is one of the, the biggest points. So, and then the last image here is uh, a personal favorite of mine for a couple of reasons. Uh, this imagery of the family of God and us being adopted into His family. Um, I I like this connection, obviously, just for the the family implication, the family relationships, and we hear this phrase a lot. Um, family of God in our right. sermons and our, you know, services, um, almost so much that I kind of wonder if it's lost some of the deeper meaning behind it, mm-hmm. you know, cause mm-hmm. it's just, we hear, oh, we're the family of God and right. all that's cute. You know, it's right. just this little cute phrase that everybody, and we should really be moved. I think with like what you're saying about the other one, when we understand and grasp what it actually means to be an adopted child of God, you know, right. You know, spiritually adopted into his family. That should, that should really, yeah. I mean, you know, that, that should be a big, a big thing. And no matter what family you grew up in, you know, you and I have the, the opportunity and privilege of working with a bunch of people who grew up in terrible, terrible homes. home situations, maybe right. no father figure at all. Exactly. If they had a father figure, it was a exactly. horrible father figure in jail or doing drugs or making drugs or whatever. So, so when they become mature young men, they realize bad home life. I can't use that as my model. When you teach them that Christ died on the cross, save them from their sins and they become true followers of Christ um, as, as they're brought into the family, then you can teach them that God is their father now. And that's those guys really understand. But I would like to say, no matter what home you're brought up in, if you're brought up in the greatest home ever, you know, where, where your family was real settled and everybody loved everybody and all that. Yep. Still to think about the fact that God himself, God God himself (laughs) adopted you. God who created everything adopted you into his family through the shed blood of his only son. That's got to ring some bells for you. And it's got to make you be very submitted and proud and honored to be part of that family. You know, no matter what your earthly family, if it's great earthly right. family. Because your earthly family can't compare to Not that. even close. <laughs> not even not close. Even close, you know. So <laughs> Galatians, great. Yeah, Galatians 4, when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that he might redeem, purchase those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth his spirit of his son into our hearts. So when he adopted us, he said, look, I'm going to give you my Holy Spirit now into your heart. That's right. Uh, Crying, Abba, Father, therefore you're no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, an heir, Mm. we're heirs. That's That's such an incredibly beautiful passage. You know, 1 John 3, behold, see how great a love the Father has bestowed upon us that we would be called the children of God. Now he goes on to say at the end of that in verse 3, just one verse later, Verse one says, look at the greatness of God's love that he would call you his children. And verse three says, everyone who has this hope, the greatness of God that he would call me his child, everyone who has this hope purifies himself just as he is pure. In other words, when I figure out who called me into the family, the greatness of God and his holiness and his purity, now I'm going to be that. I want to be that holy and that pure. Mm. Now we're back to priesthood. 
yeah. and all the other images we've talked it about. It all ties together. Yeah, we're back to that that deal of wanting to be pure. But but if we're part of the family, we need to live like we're part of that family. Live respectable, live honorable, live holy, live sacrificially. Uh, live all the things that, that Christ lived out on earth. Do your very best to become that person. Yeah, the, the family symbolism for the church, I think, is such a great thing. And a um, little shout out to one of the churches that we help and support. Um, Faith Baptist in Albany, Georgia, actually took the family imagery on and made it their, mm-hmm. their it made, made it into the the thematical element of their church. They, they built their logo around it and everything. And well, you helped them do their logo, so right, kudos right. to you for that. Right, but you know they said we we want to be we want people to know that we are um, very family oriented and family friendly, but that but we're tied to the family of God, and that's you know all interconnected, like you're saying right here. So. Correct. Um, I think that's a huge thing, um, for, and it's what they saw was this right here. Is, exactly. You know, you know, we have the honor and privilege and ability of ministering to you as a family of God because we are part of the family of God. Oh, such a good picture. Um, so right. I, I think that's really cool. Um, yeah, and that makes God the creator, our heavenly father. Right. And by the way, it's very personal. When, when a person adopts somebody, it's not just generic. It's very personal. Oh, yeah. You huge, know, so huge. you read those stories of adoption processes and how— you know, how expensive and how costly and oh, yeah. our adoption was through the blood of Christ. Yeah. So no more costly the, the adoption, but, but it was something he wanted to do. It was something he wanted to do. He yeah. loved us enough to do that. So we should take our adoption very serious. I think all of these images, all six of them, uh, the family image, the priesthood image, the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, the temple and the sheep, I think all of them deserve a lot of meditation time for pastors. When, when you're just, you know, doing your out, doing your exercises, your walk, when you're, uh, you know, maybe driving to the hospital, make some visits, put a little, put a little thought time into these and take the opportunity to think about what is it, what part, which one of these images is, is the Lord leaning on me the most about right now as a shepherd? As a, as a leader of my flock, as a leader of my church, what, what do I need to emphasize? Do right. I need to get us focused on that adoption? Do we need to focus on following the shepherd? Are we, are we doing a good job following the shepherd? Yeah, when you think of it. How are we, how are we doing as a, as a temple that's glorifying God with all of its exactly. edifices? Exactly. How are we doing with all that? Yeah, jot all that stuff down. And, and if, when you think of stuff like that, you know, make a note for yourself and... Yeah, and send us some feedback on this. If you have some thoughts on it or some feedback, or oh, yeah. you know, I don't think I've done a great job presenting all six. I think I've just kind of hit the highlights, but I'd love some feedback on them. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Hey, who knows? Somebody might turn this into a sermon, and, you know. It actually makes a great six-part sermon yeah, series. They, they might get rave reviews on the sermon and then not give you any credit at all, which that's, hey, I don't need in, it. That tends to happen. I, I didn't write any of it. It's in the scriptures. So it's just right there in the Bible. Do anyway, not need so any copyright credit. Whatever you do, don't don't give dad any credit. Right, right. But it's a, it's a really good six. If your church, if you need to ground your church in a little bit, it's make a perfect six-part sermon series. Oh, yeah. You know, you could just go six weeks in a row. Yep. Take one image at a time. Yep. Sure and emphasize those. Awesome. All right, guys, that's going to do it for us today. Be sure to check out all the details of our pastor's conference, which is coming up uh, later this month. Uh, by Very excited. Shepherd Summit tab on our website at 614ministries.org. Sign up. Yep, you can find out all the information there on registrations, payments, everything else that you need. If you have any questions on it, please feel free to shoot us an email, message us on social media, whatever you need to do. Give us a phone call, and we will uh, be happy to answer any questions that you might have about that. All right, I'm Josh, that's Stan, silent partner Mike. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you guys next time.
You've been listening to Rescuing Churches, a discussion for the local church and its leaders. This show is brought to you by 614 Ministries. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at 614 Rebuild and visit us online at 614ministries.org. Also, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you enjoy your podcast. Thanks for listening.